Good morning. Good morning. Today we again follow the order of service on page 15. Our opening hymn this morning is From All That Dwell Below the Skies, hymn number 15, From All That Dwell Below the Skies. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
covenant of the Lord. Let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, simple being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. psalmody today, if you would look to the inside cover of your bulletin, uh, we read verses 41 through 48 of Psalm 198. Again, the congregation reading those verses in bold type. Let your mercies come to me, O Lord, even your deliverance according to your word. Do not take the word of truth out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your judgments. So I shall keep your law continually, forever and ever. I will walk in an open space, for I seek your precepts. I will speak in your testimonies also before the kings, and will not be ashamed. I will delight in your commandments, which I have loved. My hands I will lift up unto your commandments, which I have loved. Thank you. 
Lord, we pray that your grace may always go before and follow after us and make us continually to be given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. For our catechism lesson today, we continue with the office of the keys and we ask, or we consider the question today, what sins should we confess? And before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even of those which we do not know as we do in the Lord's prayer when we pray that God would forgive us all our trespasses. But before the confessor, we should confess those sins only which we know and feel in our hearts. And so if we come to private confession, uh, it's not necessary to try to enumerate sins or to come up with every possible sin we may have committed, but only those that trouble us in our hearts. The next question, how should we confess before God? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even of those which we do not know, as we do in the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer and also in the general confession, which we just did. In Psalm 19, verse 12, we read, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. And so even we ask God to forgive us even those things which we do not know and recognize. Proverbs 28, verse 13 tells us, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Our epistle lesson for today is recorded in the book of Hebrews. In chapter 11, we read the first seven verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the universe was framed by the word of God, so that things that are seen were not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain offered. Through this, he was approved as righteous, which God testifying, with God testifying concerning his gifts. He still speaks through his faith, though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken to heaven so that he would not see death. He was not found because God took him away. For before he was taken, he had the, he had the commendation that he pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned about things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to save his family, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Here ends our reading of the epistle. I ask you to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. 
The gospel appointed for today is recorded in St. Luke's Gospel in chapter 7, beginning at the 11th verse. The following day, he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples and a large crowd went with him. When he came near the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the coffin, and those who carried it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And he, was, he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he gave him to his mother. Fear came on everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. This rumor of him went throughout all Judea and the surrounding region. Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. Creed today, we use the Apostles' Creed, and I went ahead and printed it in the bulletin. I might just explain while you're opening to the Creed there that the reason that I use the Apostles' Creed from time to time uh, is that uh, in our services, we were kind of accustomed, at least I was, we used the page five liturgy on non-communion Sundays, and we said the Apostles' Creed probably more than the Nicene Creed. When we use page 15 every Sunday, we would not have occasion to use the Apostles' Creed uh, except in some special services. And so uh, I think it's good that we keep it in mind uh, so that we keep it in memory uh, because it's certainly an important creed uh, for us as Christians. And so we confess our faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn number 16, Blessed Jesus at Thy Word. <coughs>
I invite you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we again pray your Holy Spirit's blessing upon the speaking and the hearing of your word this day, that our faith might be strengthened in our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might take comfort in the fact that he has atoned for our sins and appeared before your very throne in heaven with his shed blood to be our advocate before you. We pray your blessing this day in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The word of God, which we consider today, is the epistle lesson read to you a few minutes ago from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the first seven verses. This section of scripture, of course, begins by saying and defining faith and what faith does. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so when we consider what is faith, it is the substance of things hoped for. The English word substance reflects the Greek word hypostasis. Uh, substance means sub is to be underneath, stasis or uh, stance is to stand. So we stand underneath what is promised to us in the gospel. Uh, the Greek word hypo uh, means under and histeme is to stand. And it is also, as it says here, the evidence of things not seen. And so with faith, we see with the eyes of faith, rather than these eyes, we see the things that God has promised us. I might ask you this morning, I told you in the absolution that your sins were forgiven. How many of you can see the forgiveness of sins? unless some of you have some special gift that I don't know about. None of you can see it, but you believe it because God's word promises it to you. How many of you have seen the glories of heaven? And again, none of us have because we're still here in this world. And yet through faith, we see the glories of heaven we, and we await that day when we partake of those glories and are around the throne of the Son of God and we're there worshiping with all our fellow believers. We see it through the words of Scripture as it's described to us, you know, especially some of the descriptions in the book of Revelation of the people of God around the throne and around the Lamb uh, who had their robes uh, cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're standing under the things that we hope for, waiting for them to be fulfilled. And it is the evidence, it is seeing with the eyes of faith the things that we can't see with our physical eyes. And as we go through the book of Hebrews, we will see just how true this is. Abraham was promised that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And he was also promised that God would make of him a great nation and that his descendants would be as many as 
the sand on the seashore, and as many as the stars in the sky. Did Abraham see it during his lifetime? In fact, he had to wait 25 years or more before Isaac was even born. But he saw it through the eyes of faith, and he placed his hope in God's promise. And God promised him the land in which he sojourned, but not during his lifetime. And so in faith, he lived in that confidence. It says, for by faith or by it, men of old obtained a good report. Talking about the report given of them, the account given of them in the Holy Scriptures. And so it's by faith that they were accounted righteous before God in the Holy Scriptures. And we find we will find numerous examples as we go through this chapter. One thing that it brings out is that faith is never alone. Faith produces works. You know, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Well, we are alive to God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified through faith in Jesus Christ but it also affects how we live. If one is justified through faith in Christ and one is looking forward to everlasting life for Jesus' sake, it affects how he lives. And so he lives by faith. And really, Hebrews chapter 11 points out how these men of old lived by faith in Jesus Christ. It begins by saying, by faith we understand that the universe was framed by the word of God. So the things that are seen were not made out of things which are visible. And of course we have the account of that back in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And, of course, the account goes on through the full six days of creation where, you know, God created light. He created the expanse. He created the waters and vegetation on the earth and, and uh, sea creatures. And we go through the entire six days culminating in the creation of man, the creation of Adam and Eve on the sixth day. How many of you were there? And again, none of us. We accept this account by faith in the promises of God. And of course, today, many would ridicule us for believing this account and believing that the earth is actually very young, only about 6,000 years old, according to the genealogies in the Bible. And certainly, many who were part of the Christian church have gone astray trying to mix evolution and the idea of an ancient and old earth with the Genesis account, which they just don't fit together. Of course, now they're beginning to see that some of their theories about the Big Bang don't match the evidence that they're seeing on their new telescopes. And they're beginning to see that the simple cell which developed into life and and uh, grew and multiplied that 
really there is no such thing as a simple cell. And so more and more the evidence is piling up against the ideas of man and in support of the fact that there is a holy God, almighty, omnipotent, all omniscient, knowing all things, who created all these things and who holds them all together and still preserves them today. And so through faith, we believe the word of God, which tells us of divine creation. This, of course, is echoed throughout the scriptures. I think of Psalm 33 in verse 6, where it says, By the word of the Lord's the heavens were made, and all their host by the breath of his mouth. Breath is, in Hebrew, is ruach, which is also the word for spirit of his mouth. And we see in Genesis chapter 1, that the Holy Spirit was moving upon the face of the waters. We see from John chapter one that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, that all things were created through him. And so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. And we believe this by faith because no one was there in the beginning to see it all happen and we have the record of God in his word. As we read on in our text, we read about Cain and Abel. In verse four, we read that by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain offered. Through this, he was approved as righteous with God testifying concerning his gifts he still speaks through his faith, though he is dead. And so through the Holy Scriptures, God still speaks to us through the offering of Abel. And why was Abel's sacrifice acceptable to God and Cain's not? I've heard different ideas and thoughts. Some like to speculate, well, Abel offered of the firstlings of his flock. He offered an animal sacrifice. This was pleasing to God. Cain offered of the crops of the field, but they missed their point. And in fact, the Bible gives us the answer to this in 1 John, in chapter 3, at verse 12. Here we're told we're, it's talking about loving one another, and it says that we're not to love like Cain, but then it says, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother, and why did he murder him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's works were righteous. What it points out is that both offered sacrifices. Abel offered his in faith, believing that God would forgive him and accept him for the sake of the coming seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. He believed that his sacrifice pointed ahead to this, and he offered it in faith. Cain, on the other hand, offered a sacrifice because, well, he had to offer a sacrifice. And instead of trusting in God's promises in faith, he was living in sin and wickedness, impenitent. And so God accepted Abel's sacrifice. God rejected the sacrifice of Cain and said, you know, if you do well, you know, his sacrifice would be accepted. But if you don't, sin is crouching at the door. It's desirous for you. It's going to master you. 
And so Cain or Abel's sacrifice still speaks today because God accepted it because he trusted in the Lord. In fact, he offered it because he trusted in the Lord. Verse five says, by faith, Enoch was taken to heaven so that he would not see death. He was not found because God took him away for because he was taken, he had the commendation that he pleased God. I don't know about you, but I always used to wish, wish I could be like Enoch, wish I didn't have to die. God would just take me straight to heaven or like Elijah, you know, walking along the Jordan River and the angels of God come down and he's carried away in this chariot of fire directly into heaven. I didn't have to die. But really, dying death is really no big deal. Because when we die, we go to be with the Lord. And Jesus will raise us up on the last day. And our bodies and souls will be reunited and will be forever with the Lord. Again, all for Jesus' sake. Well, what about Enoch? We read in the scriptures that he pleased God. Again, looking toward the end of our Bible in Jude, which has only one chapter. So chapter 1 at verse 14 and 15 we read that Enoch, the seventh generation from Adam, also prophesied of these men, saying, Look, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on everyone and to convict all who are godless of all their wicked deeds that they have committed and of all the terrible words that godless sinners have spoken against him. And then it goes on to describe some of these sins. And so Enoch... The seventh from Adam was already testifying in his time to the people about their wickedness and sin, their rejection of God, their rebellion, and that God was going to come with ten thousands of his angels. He's going to carry out judgment. Enoch was calling the people to repent and to look to the Lord God for mercy. And as a result, we read that Enoch was translated and that he had the report that he pleased God. Does this, of course, mean that Enoch was without sin? No, even though the Bible does not record his sins and his failings, he was a sinner like you and me, but he trusted in God's promises. Enoch, of course, is mentioned back in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, where it lists the descendants of Adam and Eve. And in chapter 5, uh, it mentions Enoch as it lists the different sons of Adam and Seth going down. So in verse 18, it says that Jared lived 162 years and became the father of Enoch. Jared lived after the birth of Enoch 800 years, had other sons and daughters. All the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. So we have the man who lived the shortest life on earth, giving birth to the man who has the longest life recorded in the Bible on earth. Doesn't mean there might not have been someone who lived longer than him, but he is the one who is recorded as living the longest at 969 years. Incidentally, he died the year of the flood. And so God waited until his death, until he sent the flood upon the earth. 
So Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him. Enoch walked with God means he walked in fellowship with God. We look at the scriptures, we see how do we walk in fellowship with God? It's not by saying we have no sin, but it's by confessing our sins and looking to the Lord God to show us mercy in his son. So Enoch, by faith, walked with God and was taken or translated directly into heaven without seeing death. In Hebrews chapter 11 at verse 6, it says, For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so in order for Enoch to be acceptable to God, he had to believe that God existed and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Same, of course, is true for you and for me today. As it says in this passage, without faith is impossible to please God. Jesus says much the same thing in his parable in John chapter 15, his parable of the vine and the branches. In verse 5 of that, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who re remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And so if you separate, of course, a branch from the grapevine, what does it do but wither and die? And it's cast into the fire. But when you are connected to the grapevine, you receive your help and strength, your life from the grapevine, you produce fruit. And so also it is with us. When we trust in Christ for forgiveness and life, we have his Holy Spirit and his strength, which also enables us then to live for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then finally, though, we, we could go on. I just didn't figure you wanted an hour and a half sermon uh, we'll stop with Noah. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned about things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to save his family by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. When we read about Noah, uh, in Second Peter 2, verse 5, Noah is called a preacher of righteousness. So he was also preaching and warning the people of his day to repent and to look to the Lord God for mercy. And if you read in Genesis chapter 6, it speaks about the wickedness of the world, and it says Noah walked with God, and it says that he found grace with God. We also see that God gave people time to repent, also gave Noah time to build the ark up to 120 years from the time that we see that Noah is told what's going to happen until the floods came and flooded the earth. And what was Noah doing all this time? 
He wasn't just, you know, coming to their family church on Sunday mornings and say, I believe God's going to save us from the flood and then going about his everyday activities. He was so moved by his faith that he started building an ark. And if we read, except the, the testimony of scriptures, we don't see any reference to rain. Because in Genesis, it says that God watered the earth with a mist. First mention of rain is the flood. And so it could be that it hadn't even really rained up until that point, that God was still watering the earth with a mist. And here Noah is saying, you need to repent. You need to turn away from your wickedness. You need to turn back to the Lord God who promised to send the seed of the woman who would crush and destroy the head of the serpent. Because if you don't repent, God's going to send a flood and he is going to destroy every living thing on the earth, everything that breathes. I can just imagine the laughing that he must have taken. I know from my years as a, sh a sheriff's deputy that there were certain people in the county who were doing certain things that caused us a smile every time we saw them because we thought how foolish they are. And I just bet people thought Noah was just out of his mind. But he was testifying to them that they needed to repent and that, that the way that they could be righteous and acceptable to God was through faith. He was calling upon them to join them, join his family in the ark. But who believed? As John pointed out in our Bible class this morning, when we talked about remnant, out of all the people that lived pre-flood, how many people were saved? Noah and his wife, Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. Eight people out of all the world. How were they saved? It wasn't because they were more righteous than everybody else. It's because they had faith in God's promises. They believed. And of course, what does this say to us today? And that's the important part for us to consider We believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into this world, fulfilled all righteousness for us, then he took all our sins upon himself, indeed the sins of the whole world, and he suffered and died and he paid there the price. He made atonement. He satisfied God's wrath against the sins of all people. And he did this that those who hear the gospel promises those who hear that there is forgiveness of sins for all who look to Jesus in faith, that they might receive forgiveness and be justified. In the familiar words of John chapter 3, we read, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Then it goes on to point out why people won't come to the Son of God. It's because their deeds are evil and they don't want to walk in the light because it exposes their sins. And so instead of facing the truth that they are sinners, they live in self-deceit and denial and don't trust in Christ. But by the grace of God, through his word, he reaches through to us, reveals and shows us our sinfulness and says, there's one way to be saved. And that's through Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. You know, I don't know this, but I think back to, you know, the example that Jesus gives here as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. I can just imagine knowing the sinful nature of my own heart that when Moses said, you know, the people pleaded that God would take away the serpents, that they wouldn't die, that when Moses put up this bronze serpent, I can just imagine they were probably some among the Israelites. This is what I would do uh, by, my, by nature. I would say, what good is it going to do for me if I'm bitten by a serpent and dying? Look at a bronze serpent on a pole. And instead of looking at that serpent in faith, I just go on my way. Try something else. You know, I might do what they always told us to do and get out my pocket knife and try to suck the venom out, even though I guess that does no good anymore. But those who looked at the serpent on the pole lived. And there are many people today who say, what good does it do to trust in Jesus Christ? I'm not going to look to him in faith. I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to do it my way. And they end up dying eternally because they can't remedy their sinful situation. But those who look in faith to Jesus and his cross have forgiveness and life. Now, if you think about what we said at the beginning of this chapter, faith is the substance of things not, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, we can't see forgiveness of sins. But we believe God forgives us and accepts us for Jesus' sake because we have the promises that God gives us in his word. We haven't been to heaven. We can't see what is prepared for us there, but we believe that indeed we will partake of these for Jesus' sake because God promises them to us in his word. In faith, we believe that these things are true. We leave here today believing that indeed our sins are forgiven, that we have an eternal inheritance in heaven. And this affects how we live each and every day during the week. We don't live in open rebellion against sin against God because we realize Christ died to take away my sins. I don't want to live like that. I want to please God who saved me. Nor do we go away sullen and say, oh, I'm such an utter sinner, there's no hope for me. We go away rejoicing because in Jesus we have forgiveness. And we live our lives for our Lord Jesus. We walk by faith as these patriarchs walked by faith. And so as it says in our text, 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you remember the passage we talked about in our Bible class, quoted from the Old Testament in Isaiah, that those who believe will not be ashamed. When we believe in Christ, the world may ridicule us, the world may tell us that we are fools, but on the last day, who's going to be ashamed? It's those who do not believe the promises, those who do not trust in Christ, those who do not believe that God created the heavens and the earth and that he sent his son to redeem us and that in him there's forgiveness and life. But you and I who trust in Christ, we will not be ashamed because we will see the truthfulness of God's promises with these eyes. And we will know the joys of heaven that God has prepared for all who believe in him. God grant to you faith, genuine faith in the promises of God's word. Amen. I ask you to please stand. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Continue our worship by bringing forward our offering.
I ask you to please stand and join in prayers at church. Merciful Father, for the sake of the shed blood of your Son, Christ Jesus, forgive us for failing to walk by faith in the promises of your word. Move us to read and study our Bibles regularly and to come before you with our petitions and praises. Keep us from being overcome by our sinful inclinations and preserve us in the true and saving faith unto life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, O Christ Jesus, eternal Son of God and our Savior, you gave your life for ours when you died on the cross and made atonement for our sins. Bless the work of our pastors and of faithful pastors and missionaries everywhere, so that your life-giving word might be proclaimed among us and among the nations and peoples of the world. And those who hear might repent of their sins and look to you and your cross for pardon and forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. O Holy Spirit, do not forsake us because of our weakness and disobedience to your word. Be patient with us and move us to continually repent of our sins and look in faith to our Savior for mercy. Teach us from your word, strengthen and keep us in the true and saving faith. Lord, in your mercy. O loving and merciful God, our nation and people are living in darkness and are under your wrath and judgment. Open the eyes and ears of our people and rulers that they might see and hear the truth of your word, repent of their evil deeds, and fall down at the feet of Jesus, pleading for pardon and forgiveness. And then seek to walk in your ways that your judgment may be turned away and your eternal wrath against us averted. Lord, in your mercy, O healer and preserver of our bodies and souls, as you have promised, we ask you to provide for all our needs of body and soul and to preserve us from all harm and evil. We lift up to you those among us who are afflicted. We remember, especially today, Joyce, Matthew, Carl, Michael, Cody and his father, and all others we name in our hearts. Have mercy upon us. Grant healing to the sick, comfort to those oppressed, and strength for all to endure their troubles and afflictions of this life in the hope of everlasting glory for the sake of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. You may be seated. We continue by singing our communion hymn, Lord Jesus Christ, Thou Living Bread, hymn 312.
I ask you to please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto Thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God, who with Thine only begotten Son of the Holy Ghost art one God, one Lord. And in the confession of the only true God, we worship the Trinity and person and the unity and substance of majesty co-equal. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Give us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and gave it to his disciples saying take eat this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink ye all of it this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. body of our Lord, Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ, even into death, for all Take your sins. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for the remission body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
Take heed. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for all of your sins. And may God bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take also and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Now I ask you please to stand. May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. us through this salutary gift and we beseech thee that of thy mercy thou would strengthen us through the same in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another through Jesus Christ our Lord who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost ever one God world without end
now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. standing and turn to hymn 644, uh, which is the common doxology. Welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Following our service today, we have our October congregational meeting, our voters meeting, and uh, that will come immediately after service. And then after that, we have our October potluck dinner. Uh, otherwise, uh, this Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, we have our online Bible study. Uh, we are in chapter 23 this week, Into the Woes. Uh, so I invite all of you to join us for that. I didn't put it in the bulletin because I heard there was question about uh, the ladies' second Saturday brunch. Will it be next Saturday at 11 o'clock, another Saturday, or in November? Well, I think this Saturday is about, let's see. That's a, I think it would be like the 15th. So if that's, if that's good, if you want to plan on the 15th, I'll put it in the next Sunday's bulletin. Okay. And if something changes and it won't work, let me know before Thursday and I'll do something different with the bulletin. Any other announcements this morning? If not, God's richest blessings to all of you and your Lord Jesus. Thank you.